Welcome to The Greek Current, a podcast by Halk and Kathy Merini. I'm your host, Thanos Davelis. A Turkish court has sentenced Istanbul's popular mayor, Ekrem Imamoglu, who could potentially face off against Erdogan in the upcoming elections, to more than two years in prison and barred him from politics. This has been described as a major setback for democracy in Turkey as the country prepares for elections next year. It also follows a trend of democratic backsliding that has seen the Erdogan regime use the courts to sideline or silence key opposition figures and journalists. Howard Eisenstadt, an associate professor of Middle East history at St. Lawrence University and a Turkey expert, joins me to discuss this latest development, look at what it means for the upcoming elections in Turkey, and break down how it could impact U.S.-Turkey relations. Howard, great to have you back on The Greek Current. Thanks, Thanos. Great to be here. Howard, what does this latest verdict mean for Istanbul's popular mayor, Ekrem Imamoglu? Well, I think it, it makes him the central figure for the opposition in spirit, if not in practice. There's still an appeal process, so it doesn't remove him from office. It doesn't necessarily ban him from politics. As my understanding, just yet, he's not going directly to prison. He's staying in the mayoral office. That said, it puts him sort of at the center of this debate about where Turkey is going to be, and it puts a cloud over his political future. There are a number of people, Howard, who were shocked by this ruling. Have they simply not been paying attention close enough to the state of rule of law and democracy in today's Turkey? Imamul is certainly a very important figure, and he's the mayor of the largest city. He won an important victory against the AKP, and he did it twice effectively because the Supreme Electoral Council overturned his first victory. And so he won again, which makes him a profoundly important figure. That said, Turkey has been arresting major politicians, particularly those associated with the HDP, but also prosecuting other opposition figures. It has removed hundreds from office. So this is certainly an important moment. It is certainly a telling moment for how Turkey is going to enter into elections next year. But if anybody is surprised, then they shouldn't be. This has been described as a major setback for democracy, especially when we look at the upcoming elections. How do you see this impacting those elections? I think that it tells us what we already knew, or at least should have already known, which is the elections will be contested, but they will not be contested on a level playing field. That Uh, The ruling parties, the AKP-MHP coalition, will use every lever of advantage they can, including control over the media, including prosecutions, including their control over the courts, including their control over the Supreme Electoral Council, to win. And that I don't think that the election uh, results are a foregone conclusion necessarily, but I think that the opposition is facing a steep uphill battle that doesn't have anything to do with its popular support. And as I said earlier, I don't think that should be a surprise to anybody. You mentioned earlier, Howard, how this incident is going to make Imamoglu the central figure, whether it's you know in spirit or in practice for the opposition. How likely is it that he will be the next presidential candidate after this? There are certainly people who believe he would make the best opposition candidate. I don't have very good sources within sort of the inner workings of the opposition. So I don't have any inside information. My running expectation has been that Kilic Daolu 
would eventually be the opposition candidate. And I kind of am still there. I still think that that's the most likely outcome. And that's because political parties in Turkey, as democratic as they might sometimes are in terms of oppositional politics, the dynamics within them tend not to be very democratic and leaders tend to stay leaders until they're absolutely pushed out of power. So my running assumption is, has been Kilic Darolu. I'm still there. I don't think he's necessarily the best candidate, and I'd happy to be wrong, but we'll see. So it's safe then to say you don't really buy into the comparison we've seen on social media and in other places comparing you know, this ruling with a 1997 ruling that saw Erdogan, then mayor of Istanbul, you know, removed from power, put in prison, and then saw his meteoric rise. Yeah. First of all, I'm not sure that that's a fully accurate reading of how things worked with Erdogan. He was already a luminary within sort of the emerging new Islamist wing. That said, no, I don't think that they're particularly parallel and the context for it is very different. And, you know, frankly, the nature of elections is very different. Senator Bob Menendez, the chairman of the Senate Foreign Relations Committee, was clear in his condemnation of this verdict, stating that Erdogan cannot bar his political opponents from office and at the same time pretend to share U.S. values. In your view, how will this impact U.S.-Turkey relations? I don't think that it, it certainly doesn't help. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to be pessimistic about U.S.-Turkish relations. The challenge for the U.S. is that, except for waiting out the elections and hoping for a change of government, there's not a whole lot that the U.S. can do. Yes, you know, we can not sell them F-16s, but there's only so many times that we can not sell them F-16s to get that leverage, right? At some point, either the Erdogan government will decide, oh, they're really not going to sell those, and then so we'll have to go elsewhere. But the U.S. can't keep threatening the same thing and expect it to work consistently. Imamoglu Howard is, as you said, the latest target of a justice system that answers to Erdogan. Should this be a wake-up call for the U.S. and the EU to take a firmer stance, at least on rule of law and democracy, and stand up for individuals such as Osman Kavala as well, Salahattin Demirtas, Henri Barki in the U.S., and imprisoned journalists and others? Look, I agree with you 100% on the analysis. The question is, what additional levers are there in either Washington's kitty or, or in Brussels? And would those have actual effect? My general inclination at this point, my general advice is that we have to wait to see how the elections are going to pan out. I don't see that turning up the screws is going to necessarily get better results. And in the end, whether we're using carrots or sticks, the point of those isn't to reward or punish. The point is to get a particular policy result. Howard? It was great speaking with you. Thanks for joining us on The Great Current again. Always a pleasure. Take care. In other news, Greece has repaid ahead of schedule 2.7 billion euros of loans owed to Eurozone countries under the first bailout it received during its decade-long debt crisis, a finance ministry official told Reuters on Thursday. The official, who spoke on condition of anonymity, confirmed a Reuters report in September that Greece planned to repay Eurozone bailout loans earlier as part of its efforts to improve its debt sustainability. The Eurozone and the IMF together lent Greece more than 260 billion euros during the crisis, which broke out in late 2009, in exchange for tough austerity measures. Athens paid off the IMF 
in April, which provided it with 28 billion euros between 2010 and 2014, two years ahead of schedule. Finally, European Union leaders are close to imposing a natural gas price cap. Greek Prime Minister Kyriakos Mitsotakis said ahead of talks on tackling high energy prices in Brussels on Thursday. I hope that after many months of consultation, we will be able to finalize our decisions either today or next Monday at the latest, Mitsotakis said as he arrived at the European Council meeting. He pointed out that although an order for price caps was supported at two previous meetings of EU leaders and energy ministers, it remains to be implemented. Mitsotakis added it was absolutely necessary that Europe sends a clear signal to the markets that it is not going to allow the instrumentalization of natural gas by Russia. That wraps up today's episode of The Greek Current. Thanks for tuning in.